and sick. It's um code red. Ah. Uh... <laughs> that's that's I'm telling you. It's one thing about being a guy. Like, <laughs> that you appreciate. I don't even say I appreciate it. I mean, shoot, this is things about being a guy. Like, I ain't got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if a woman on her period, say, away and cook. Listen, and, I, and, I'm a, and, I'm a, and I've been on a sugar binge. Like, that's why I was at some relationship last night. That's all I've been thinking about. Oh, oh, say cool. So, I said, you know, I talked about that. But, you know, I had um, apple pie the day before. I had ice cream. Actually, no, I got Skittles. We got Skittles again, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. But, of course, as always, we got to welcome back everybody to the Unfiltered Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Say, there is McKinley here tonight. Yep. Say, filling in for Prince is going to be the air. We have a picture. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I messed up your chair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I, I forgot. Okay. Usually, usually you're sitting back where I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I no. hit my head on you did not. Almost. I said I'm sorry. But this is episode five. A lot of stuff has happened since the last time we met at this semi. What's this? What? 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 What's? What's? What's God's uh, shape is this table? Oval. There you go. An oval. Um, like, an obular. An obular oval. I wasn't a geometry guy. A math major. <laughs> You're a math major. That's what you do. Um, but so we've been um a lot of stuff has happened since then. We got the Olympics that just passed. Um, well, well, not that it just passed. They just keep going. They're, they're still going. I'm, I'm not really watching Olympics. Not watching Olympics. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't really care for it. I think with all the backlash that's happened from the Asian community, from the not the Asian community, I should say the space specific, the Japanese community that did not um, that did not appreciate it. Um, I understand why they were like a little bit like eh on having the um, on having the Olympics this year in their um, in Tokyo. It's just like you know, like you're bringing a lot of people from all over the world to our country to our mm-hmm. cities. And, you know, it's just like, you know, do you really want to have that kind of risk? I understand it. But um, so far, I think their games have been well. But, of course, a lot of it has been dominated by uh, different storylines. Like, of course, the biggest one, which is the topic of today, um, the circumstances surrounding Simone Biles and her mental health, um, her issues with, with um, uh, her state of mind while she's competing. And I know me and you could both talk to a lot talk a lot about mental health. I mean, I've had my different bouts with it in different mm-hmm. in different stages in my life but i'm gonna i'll kick it to you for this like the started like when you say mental when, when we talk about mental health when did you really like start worrying about your mental health like that and the in the definition that we kind of focus on more today like in today's day and age because mental health when we was in high school was much different you yeah. know like it's yeah. it's not the it's not the same as it was when we was like in high school or and stuff like that you know um, for me, I would say mental health, like being more self-aware about my mental health, started more so in college, just dealing with the stress, anxiety, um, just thinking about like what I had to do, what I needed to do for my, don't drop the skills, drop the skills. Uh, what I needed to do for my own like future, like and benefit, beneficial for me, I would say. Um, I didn't really start. I went to counseling a couple times in mm-hmm. college and stuff just to like get my feelings out because I'm I'm an introvert in nature. I'm not gonna talk tell you shit unless I need to. Um, or unless you trust the person. Unless I really really trust you, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not telling you my business. <laughs> I understand. I mean, I I have a lot of that. Like, I mean, I mean, me and you talk all the time, so it's different. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like a lot of things that I I hold internally just I let it rock. And yeah. When I'm like, when I'm good, if I if I say I'm good, 
usually I'm good, but you know, a lot of times I've dealt with some bouts where it's like, eh, I'm not doing so hot and I don't know how to express it. That's why, like you said, you said you developed it in college. I know for me, I can say I focused on my mental health a lot more in the way we think about it now in the past like couple years or so, mm-hmm. only because I remember when I was going through um, my struggles back when, and especially in college, I just didn't know how to deal with it then. Like nobody really knows. No, nobody knows what um, they were going through for right. real, for real, until you can reflect on it. Like, so like um, for me, I first dealt with my, my mental health, like, oh, I shouldn't say failing, but it's like starting to become a, you know, a point of emphasis when I was in college, when I got to college, moving way far. Um, I went to Southern Illinois for um, three, first three years of college. I was there for football and just the, the culture shock and then understanding that I'm not at home. That was really just a, a big eye opener to me and just being being different in a place where not many people are like me and they might not like me. So mm-hmm. like that was um, something that I kind of struggled to deal with in my first couple years of college. Like, what would you say was when you like you really can reflect on your the first time when you say your mental health was really like post college just being back home um just being with my parents and stuff and just understanding living with them and they're just like what their expectations and stuff were out of out of myself um i realized i was really really unhappy post i mean i knew i wasn't fully happy like i was content with life but i knew post college and stuff i was getting more and more unhappy mm-hmm. and it also um when i was back home i was also in in a relationship at that time too and just difficulties in that relationship like poured into difficulties with my parents it kind of opened up like past like um i guess like past like wounds past traumas that mm-hmm. i went through that i don't think i really fully um addressed um with myself as well as you know my parents and things like that so it wasn't probably about, I would say, two, three years ago that I started therapy, actually. With, like, actually going to, like, a, a, a professional, like, mm-hmm. seeking professional help. Because, honestly, I felt like I was drowning. And it was just, like, it, <laughs> like, when I say I was crying every single day, mm-hmm. it, it just it just felt like I was in a sinking hole. Mm-hmm. And I was not getting out at, at any time. Hey, you say when you started going to therapy, like I, I've never been to therapy before. I mean, I've, I've had people recommend that I go. Um, like, why is going to therapy so important? Like for people that like say, like, I, I, like when they say like, oh, I ain't going to fucking therapy. Like I was, I'm one, I'm still sometimes one of those people. Like I'd rather talk to my people about my problems. I'll talk to my parents. I'll talk to my friends. I'll talk to my family about what's going on with my life. Not a stranger. Like why is going to therapy important? Um, I would say for me, just for me speaking, yes, I do talk to some of my friends about like my personal life and my feelings and things like that. But to have really somebody from, what would I want to say, an objective view yeah. on your life and and mostly it, it helps me validate my feelings. I mean, granted, your, your friends, your families are going to validate your feelings as well, but to have somebody really break down what you're feeling mm-hmm. and stuff and just tell you it's okay how you feel. Right. And you know, it, it really, it really brings on the, like, you know, the, the valid, I can't, you know, English is not my first language. <laughs> you know, the, you know, it validates your feelings and emotions and stuff, but it also holds you accountable. Yeah. Like, like I know for me, like, like my biggest things had to deal with, you know, um, I, I, I can't say I had, I, cause relationships, I mean, they, there's there's trials and tribulations with every every relationship you have mm-hmm. friends family loved ones, mm-hmm. um, significant others whatever you chose choose to do but I know my mental health started to deteriorate when I was in college and it's like I couldn't get to the understanding of why like not many people at SIU liked me very much mm-hmm. and I say that mostly well, about God. no 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 it wasn't even like. I can't even say it's that simple because like that's sometimes how I dealt with it. Like I, my escape from the mental health issues I had was football 
and then um, my relationships with women. Like, mm-hmm. I had a lot more female friends at SIU than, than, than male friends. Like, a lot of people was, like, kind of weirded out by that. But it's like, no, that was the truth. Like, sometimes, like, when I was at SIU, like, you either were from Chicago or you were from St. Louis. And it's like, if you weren't like that, if you, if you weren't like them, then you weren't cool. Like, I mean, that was the first time I really, really understood, really got the understanding. People, you know, people call Jersey corny. Like, we, we some corny niggas from Jersey. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm, com- I'm coming from a high school where, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't see it back then, but I can see it now. Like, I was rather popular in high school. You know, I was an, I was an athlete. I was a three-sport athlete. I was pretty well-liked in South Jersey. I had a lot of friends. Um, but when I got to SIU, that completely flipped where I was like the complete outsider. Like nobody really, um, nobody really fucked with me like that. And it was like, damn, like, you know, like I had my little group of friends, but they were, a lot of those guys weren't, it was funny because a lot of guys that I was friends with were not from St. Louis and Chicago. So like, that was just really like, um, I don't think that was an accident. Like, um, some of my boys, I still talk to to this day. Um, shout out to them. Um, they're from one's from one's one's from Detroit. Um, one's from um outside of East Lansing, uh, Michigan. Um, my, another one of my roommates, he's from um Columbia, Missouri, and mm-hmm. uh, originally he's from um Houston, Texas. He lives there now. So it's like a lot of guys is like you know, it just was a, it was an adjustment for me that I just wasn't prepared to deal with back then. And struggling with, okay, well, who, who if I'm just a football player out here, like who the hell am I? Mm-hmm. And then, um, like full disclosure, like we had a situation. I shouldn't say situation, but it's like you 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 made the joke about me stealing people's girls. Well, I sometimes did that on purpose because there was this big rumor going around at SIU that I I um there is I was gay. So like. Oh! Uh, oh, no. Yeah, that so that so that was like that was like the first time I really dealt with something like that, mm-hmm. and I did not know what that meant to how to deal with it. Because of course, people can say like, "Well, there is you. If you're not gay, why does it matter?" No, it's not that. It's just like, why would people think that about me? And that's not who I am. I mean, I get that, and I feel like that's a lot to do with like you know the. <laughs> The patriarchal system and toxic masculinity. Yeah, of yeah, and especially the the, the the toxic masculinity being in a football locker room, where half That's those half the team, ha- right? Like <laughs> <laughs> right where it's about the most masculine places on the planet, the football locker room. And if you got a large percentage of your team that even suspect that you're gay, it's like you're ostracized. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with that like for mm-hmm. a very long time, like. Honestly, up until I left SIU, I had to deal with that. Like, and it was just like not, it was just not comfortable for me. Like, people were asking questions behind my back. Like, I mean, my friends would tell me that later, but like, you know, they would they would be like, we had to constantly ask answer questions like, oh, is is, is there he's really gay? I'm, and they're like, no, he's not gay. Do you see him on Saturdays? Like, he's <laughs> he, he's out here with these shows. I mean, shoot, we had a whole intervention about how. Uh, how promiscuous I was my freshman year. But at the same time, it's like, how do you deal with that? And for weirdly enough, that really um, put my mental health in a, in a tailspin because I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know what that really was about. Cause um, I mean, where it started was there was an, <laughs> there was a, um, one of um, my teammates was in my dorm room and he went on my laptop and he looked, he pulled up, uh, pulled on my laptop and he literally typed in a letter like x and it pulled up porn okay but the first thing that came on the porn site which i mean no knowledge to me um was porn was what besides porn the first thing that popped up was um tranny porn so so it's like now to me i i then i didn't even know what that was first of all why would First place. That's what I hate though. Some, it, some some dudes just be like, that's just real extra. I will say that's all I have to say. That's really extra, and he was just probably out to get you. And but and and but then that that spread to the locker room. Like yo, that I was on there's laptop and training porn came up. Like 
wait a minute, like I wasn't watching it. It's not like it's not like you caught me watching it. Like if that's the case, then I mean, all right, you got me. But like at the same time, it's like even if that was the case, like you should you can believe me at my word. Like I remember there was a situation where I got cornered at uh, a, a chick's house and um teammates like four teammates were like interrogating me about my straightness and it was like why should i why have is to that, first of all why does that matter right somebody's sexual orientation should not matter to you okay unless you know unless they press the line okay let's do something different right but if y'all just about to be playing football and shit well i shouldn't be cursing i apologize we are Thank way you. past that we are so past that shit. I'm trying to be a better person because you know I swear like a sailor. But you know I say I'm being a bad person, but I don't give a fuck what anybody says about my language. Yeah, I mean but like it, what I'm trying to say though is I, I, I feel like I feel like that's it, especially with sports and stuff, it definitely with like with people trying to figure out your sexual orientation or whatever sexuality that's that you have. That's not your business. I really don't care. Like, <laughs> if 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 you're not, you know, if you're not intruding into what I'm doing for myself for my life, do you, baby? Right. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they they felt as though they needed to interrogate you is they need to check their own selves because they probably been doing themselves honestly. Well, I mean, it's it was the situation where it's like hey, he didn't he one guy in particular, um, not naming any names, but like he uh. He didn't. He didn't think I was straight until I um, ended up getting with a person that he was real interested with. Oh, <laughs> so that, yeah, now, 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 now he hates you. Yeah, now that transition from um, oh, I don't like Darius because he's gay. So like, oh, now I don't like Darius because he's still my girl. Like, well, which one is it? Mm. Like, so you know, dealing with that. Like, that was my first robot, um with. Like, that's my first time tackling my. Um, my feelings for real. And, Mm -hmm. but to me, like being that macho guy, being a, um, a college football player, like I didn't know how to properly say like that shit was hurting my feelings. Like every day I had to do it. Right. Like you, they they think you a bitch. They think you, uh, I'll say it for you. They thought I was a bitch. They thought I was soft. They thought like, you know, I just I wasn't as hard as them, and a lot of that also came from because I was just wasn't from the main streets of Chicago. I mean, everybody knows how rough Chicago is, but it's just like you know, it just wasn't like something that I was accustomed to dealing with, mm-hmm. and that's like something I think that affects a lot of people when it comes to to who they are, their identity, what they are comfortable talking about. So like, mm-hmm. you know. And it came from people that I called friends too, like at the time. Like, would you say, can, do you say like maybe mental health is sometimes your worst when it's people that you call friends? You know? Oh, absolutely. Because they, they will gaslight you the mess out of you. They, they will make you feel like so small. And I, and I know those are, that's been like trending Twitter topics I, I've been seeing lately. Like, you know, the when did you realize that your girlfriend really actually hated you? Mm-hmm. and stuff and you know that's not really your true friend because honestly your true friendship will those people will be rock solid be right with you tell you how it is and whatnot they're not gonna ever 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 put you in a situation where you know you go you down bad mm-hmm. that's what I, I, I will always say but um i mean most i would say most of my like female friendships are solid the solid groups that i i know i i talk to i might not talk to day but you know I, I i when i reach out to them it's never like a you know it's never like a they, they're trying to one up me you know what i'm saying it's not like any type of competition or anything or or i don't feel as though what i receive from them is they're laughing at my pain right it's always kind of encouraging like mm-hmm. some type of encouragement of whatever you do make sure you do for yourself make mm-hmm. sure you're happy at the end of the day you right. know focus on what you need to do so um, they have definitely been a major help for me. Right. Um, you have been a major help for me. Um, but definitely, you know, seeking therapy, some type of like, you know, emotional outlet, whatever. If you're if you if you write, <laughs> if you write, you know, if you type, mm-hmm. 
you know, your your feelings or something like that or your inner thoughts or whatever, you know, just just make sure you get it out because honestly, just keeping it up in the <laughs> in the brain all day ain't fun. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I, I, I had a lot of stuff in, um, especially back then. Like, I really, really held it in. Like, I didn't talk about it to many people because it's like I really just didn't. And a, a basic point of it, I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people uh, don't like, know how. And, and hey, people still don't know how. And that, especially when there's a even more of a bigger emphasis on taking care of your mental health, taking care of you, like mental health check-ins, like the main thing that I really, really enjoy about um, the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall and them, because they really like take the time to address mental health and mm-hmm. what that means for them. Like, and they're, and they're per- former professional football players. They have families, they have mm-hmm. lives, like they've been at the very top of their profession and they struggle with mental health. So it's like, it makes it okay for, it makes it makes it okay for guys like me who, you know, dealt with the same things that they might've dealt with. And it was like, you know what? Like I'm, I, if I might not have been all right, but I am okay mm-hmm. because somebody else might be feeling the same way. And that's something that like, it gave me a little bit of, um, comfortability, mm-hmm. um, knowing that somebody can, um, understand how you, how you're feeling. um, I'll segue into what happened in the um in the Olympics with Simone. I mean, she was going through a lot. She it turns out her mom passed away. Right. And it, but even when even before the world knew that, I mean, she just she just wasn't mentally there. Mm-hmm. Like she had things on her mind that she just couldn't block out. Like, why is it sometimes so foreign to people that if you're at the top of what you do, you cannot be human? Like you can't show Right, like why, like I just I don't I never understood why people found so much issues, so so many issues with um what um what happened with Simone. Like it was just so strange. I'm like, oh my god, like she's human. That's why like, you put these people on these perfect pedestals, and it's just like I think we just hold them to an ideal because we're not that ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's perfect, really. <laughs> like, come on, please. But you know, we do hold these people to a certain standard because we can't. We can't hold ourselves to those standards, mm-hmm. and you know when they when we feel like when they fail, they fail us. We fail ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole you know domino effect and whatnot. But like, I, but honestly, girl, girl, just doing what she loves and just getting paid hella bread for it. So I mean, mind your business. She'll be back next right. next Olympics. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> well, then the fact that I'm always like, I just, I just is like let 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 her address what's on her mind. Like same with um um. Um, with Naomi Osaka, mm-hmm. like Naomi Osaka, I, I never get her last name right. But um, like same with her, like where she took, she took time off of a major time, um, a major tournament to address her mental health. Like that's mm-hmm. how it, you know that that's where it's like it's really really refreshing to see people that are viewed as the top of their profession, whether you are an athlete, if you're a business person, if you own a business, you have to take the necessary steps to make sure that your mental is right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then you're, you implode and implosions are ugly. So it's like, why is it such, why do you, why do you think now, like not like within the past couple of years or so is now such a big deal about people's mental health mm-hmm. versus back then? Well, one, I would say the suicide rate was separately went up by a number no numerous times mm-hmm. you know but um but also i feel like our generation is starting to realize not every like we need to look more at ourselves um definitely everybody's focused on making money you know mm-hmm. showing off doing this and that right. when it's just like that's that's not i don't think that's really what life is about period like social media too yeah like i, I really don't think that's what life is about at all you know do what you need to do for yourself. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever, because in the end of the day, you was born by yourself. You gonna die by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you you gonna be alone. You the, you're the only person you have to deal with at the end of the night. Right. So it's like, if you're not happy with that person, you need to change that. You know. Um. So I definitely think there has been a major emphasis on um mental health because I don't I don't really think in the last decade or so people really focused on that mm-hmm. everybody was focused on a capitalistic society on mm-hmm. impressing other people right 
I, I think even more so, like, especially speaking as a guy, um, like, we were never conditioned to be at one with our feelings, our, our true feelings. Mental health is a weakness. Right. Like, we were, like, the, the old saying, like, boys don't cry. Yeah. Um, like, boys don't say sorry. Boys don't say you hurt my feelings. Like, we're, we're told to buck up, yeah. you know, put, put your big boy pants on and just deal with it. And... Right. Like everything that happens internally will come out externally if you let if you allow it to go on too long. Yep. Like that is like I'm I'm always preaching that to people I talk to about their mental health. Because like anything that you feel internally is gonna come out um at some point. It's just whether you allow it to reach a point where um you know it consumes, it, it consumes you. You're constantly like on edge. Like now you're angry all the time, or now you're mm-hmm. sad all the time. Like I, I never, you know, I never like being a person that's always a Debbie Downer. Like mm-hmm. I don't like being around Debbie Downers. Like everything's positive to me. Like even in the face of what I was dealing with before college and after college, it's like everything's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be positive. Like we're good. I'm good. I'll figure it out. Whatever happens is it's meant to happen. It's happening for a reason, and it's gonna push me to where I gotta go. But um, having that type of mental fortitude where it's like, oh shit, like, all right, I'm going through something. What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, that's now I've, that, I, that has changed to where it's okay to be a, um, it's okay to not be okay. Because mm-hmm. we can't be a-okay all the time. Like, mm-hmm. we just can't. It, it, it's, not, it's, it's not fair to ask yourself to always be at your tip-top shape mentally um, three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty-four hours a day. It just, it just can't happen. Because definitely, like I feel like tapping into your own mental health gives you more self-awareness. You know, living, being able to be your true, authentic self, understanding your needs, your wants as as a human being, being able to, you know, start setting those boundaries. You know, protect yourself. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really, um, I, I really wish like back then, like. They had like more of an emphasis on it. Like I really wish like we had like in when I was playing college ball, um, we had people that could like address those mental health needs. Mm-hmm. Like we had the coaches, we had teammates, we had the staff, but they didn't. They don't. They, they're not paid to address those things. They're not. They're, they don't. And even if they care, sometimes they really don't care. Because like at the end of the day, are you gonna win me football games? Like, right? Right. I'm gonna help you to a point where it helps me win a championship. No, it shouldn't be about that. Like, mm-hmm. I can say for hundred percent certainty, like leaving SIU when I did was the best thing for me because mentally I just was not there. Like, Imagine like because I felt like I was a lost soul. I understand. I it, it's literally like. I know when, and especially all that I dealt with when it comes to relationships with my teammates. Then my um, my junior year in college, my redshirt sophomore year on the field, I um, I had a, this awesome football season in my head. Like I was playing, I was doing well. My relationship with the team, with my teammates, were better, the great, the best it's ever been. And then right when everything's going great, it goes downhill again because then I get hurt. Like seriously, the very the first serious injury I ever had in my life. I didn't know how to mentally deal with that, mm-hmm. and it and it impacted my recovery. It impacted my confidence in myself, and at the in the end, it impacted my relationship with my coaches because they think nothing's wrong with me, but internally I'm falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like I come back to campus because because I got hurt in November 2014. And we come back that that semester. Um, they take the boot off of me and everything, and I'm starting to trying to practice again. I can't, like, I can't. I just like my body's not responding the way I want it to. And I, but I'm being told everything's okay, but mentally I'm not there yet. Like it's just you're not. But I was required to do that because that's what they paid me here to do. They, I mean, they, my payment was my scholarship. But like that's what I'm supposed to be here for. I'm supposed to fight through this shit. But like, as a, I, I can say this as a. Like, I do. Um, I, as a 
as a 27 year old now, I can do it. But 19, 20, 21 year, one year old Darius, I was not, I couldn't deal with that. Like I had like November, I get hurt. I was in a, a really rough, shitty relationship at the time, like a toxic relationship where I was constantly like just battling my my thoughts, like being in this relationship, like why am I still in it and staying in the relationship as long as I did. So I, I'm dealing with that. And then um, I have a death in the family, which was very strange to me, mm-hmm. the way that all happened, because I, I lost my aunt to breast cancer in 2014 um, in December. We weren't all that, we weren't overly close, mm-hmm. but like I really, in, I, 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 it's family. I, we, we shared the last name. Like mm-hmm. we were very, like we were, um, we were family. You know, like it's not like we never talked. Like when I saw her, it was always love. Like she would check on me when I was in school. She wanted to make sure my grades were right. And um, she passed the the weekend before finals for me. So being distracted by that, and then like she she passed from breast cancer. And then I'm hurt. I come home, and my mom tells me that she's been diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Mm. So, I mean, many everybody that knows me, I mean, you know, you know how close and near and dear to my heart that I hold my relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. Specifically my house family, my parents and my brother. Right. Um like I I hold those relationships like there's I there I can't lose them. And I have to deal with those that that news I'm hurt. We're going to my aunt's funeral, who just pa- who, who just passed away, and now I go I gotta go back to school mm-hmm. and uh, try and be normal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I constantly was worried about my mom, mm-hmm. like, and I'm and it's not like going to school, like, all right, I can just come home and check on my mom. No, I was 16 hours away from home, mm-hmm. and I'm at the point of my career where I can't just come home, like, right. where when I went to college in Illinois, I was coming home maybe Thanksgiving. Every Christmas I came home and I'm maybe might have came home for spring break and then the summers, but winter is like a, a week and you come back and I don't see my parents again until the summer. Right. Like that, I couldn't deal with that. Like being, being apart from my mom specifically for that time in our lives as a family was just, it was, a, it was too much to bear, but I didn't know how to address that. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not gonna. I hate putting, you know, I, I already said where I went, but like putting them on the spot. But like, I mean, I, I did express how I felt in certain situations, but at times it was kind of like brushed aside. Like, no, well, you'll be, you'll be, you'll, you'll be fine. Like, but I didn't really, I didn't really understand how hurt I really was. I just thought, all right, I'll be all right. Like, we'll, everything will be fine. But I wasn't. I, I, I didn't know how to deal with it, and I. I, I mean, I won't say I lashed out at coaches, but like, cause I don't, that's not who I am. But like, I was not as happy as I was. Like that spring was awful. They're, they're, I won't say making me play, but like I'm, I'm playing hurt the entire time. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent, like at, a, at, at my best day, that semester, I was probably 65 to 70%. I could not go above that. Like, like there was nothing good. The only thing good about that semester, I always say, I always joke about it. Like the only thing that good that came out of that semester is because I had really good grades that semester. So like, it was just like the only thing that was good, but, um, and that ended up being my last semester at SIU. But like, I think about that. That I I think about that and I think about what I dealt with and what I wish I could have directly addressed when I was 20. I was turning 21 that year. And I always say I'm glad I, I left SIU because I needed a fresh start. I needed a refresh. I, I needed a, a complete reset button. Like, all right, I'm going through too much in my mind. I need to be closer. I need some some, some rebel, um, resemblance of my family. Like, I had a very good – I had – despite everything that happened at SIU, I did have a support group. Like I had my, I had friends at SIU. I had 
Um, there was a family that took care of me um, while I was when I was in school, but it just wasn't. I wasn't my parents. I wasn't my grandparents. I wasn't my cousins. Like I didn't have that family. And when I transferred to my school in Ohio, I at least had my grandmother three hours away, so like I could escape if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Like, like that was my real big first battle with um, mental health and deteriorating to the point where it's like not imploding, but it's like that's my first time where like action took place. Like, when could you say besides your when you um, explained how when you moved back after college, like when did it really like come home for you? Like your mental health was like. You're, you when you really told yourself, I'm fucked up, something needs to happen, what was that point for you? <laughs> I would say um, it was after a break. It was after a breakup because it, it really, it kind of shocked my little world a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I really was in my, own, in my own head a lot. So I don't really, I wasn't really aware of a lot of things that were going on, on with like even myself or even family members and things like that and then um like my grandmother she was sick I don't really I would say I didn't really have a great relationship with her like um within the last couple years I had went and visited her when I could and stuff and like sit down and talk with her but just to like I guess to find out like her her health was deteriorating Mm -hmm. and stuff and then there was nothing like anybody could really do and um and then she had like passed away, like literally on her birthday in October. So um, that kind of hit home too, because it was just like I don't know. It, I, I, it was definitely not an expected death at all, and just like seeing my mother, uh-huh. like, that, that was her mother, um, who had passed away, and just how she was feeling and stuff. I knew she didn't really have a lot to say about it, but I like I could feel her like her emotions. Through and through, and I was like, "Nah, I need to, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to fix me. <laughs> I need right. to fix, uh, definitely my relationship with my mother. Because I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the best at that time either. Because it was, again, it was a lot of, um, unresolved anger yeah. towards my parents. Um, a lot of um trauma that was not addressed from my childhood and stuff. So it 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 really did take a toll." Like, I, I was really in a really bad depressive state. I probably lost probably 20 pounds and stuff. It was bad. Like, I, you could see you could see a little bit of some ribs, y'all. <laughs> it was not cute at all. So it was just, I, I when I realized my health was, my own health, besides my mental health, it was just me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to, it really is me. Yeah, like, when I left, um, like, I was the heaviest I was at that point. I mean, I'm, a lot, I'm actually a lot heavier now than I was then. But, like, it was just, like, I'm not taking care of myself the way I needed to. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not working out as hard as I I usually do. Um, I'm just getting through workouts, not crushing them, like not trying to do the very best I can. Um, and, that, and that honestly followed me to Ohio too, because um, I always look at my career at Finley and it's like, man, I could have been so much better than mm-hmm. I was. And a lot of that is because, I mean, mentally I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, my mental health was never really addressed by um, being there. But um, the great part about that was I got to discover my outlet in other different, in other places. Like I got really serious into video production. I got really serious into my major. So like I, I discovered it out and I had a better support cast when it came to my relationship with my teammates. Mm -hmm. Um, The, when I tell you, like I went from, the weirdo guy from Jersey, the outcast at SIU at Finley was a complete opposite. Everybody loved themselves from fucking Darius. Like, I don't know what it was. Like I was me. I was the same guy, same exact guy I was, but it was just different. Like they were a lot more receptive to me. Um, had a lot more friends. So it was like, okay, like maybe at least that part has been taken care of, but the football aspect of it, I was constantly hurt at, at Finley. That doesn't help. But at the same time, it's like, I, it got to the point where I knew my mental health was failing. I look back at it now. That's when I really noticed I just didn't want to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I was okay with that. Was I was I was almost at the point my senior year was like, yo, I am begging for this season to be over because that means I'm done playing. Mm-hmm. Like I was so ready for that, and then um, I graduate mm-hmm. and I do 
have to come to grips with uh, with my football career ending, not on my terms. Of course, remember when I was in high school, I wanted to go to the NFL, mm-hmm. but um, I remember just having those feelings like, wow, I really failed at that. And this is before I went to school to ESPN, which was actually a huge, huge goal of mine, which I'm always like, I got to be so proud of myself because I got that. But at the same time, it was like, you know, how do I address the mental trauma that I went through in college? Because it was a lot. And it was a lot of things that I didn't even tell my parents about. It's just how I was feeling like and I didn't know how to properly address it. Like I and because my biggest thing, too, like I think a lot of people. Um, we don't know how to do, deal with our trauma, but we also don't want to upset the people that care about us the most. Because, and then the thing though is like sometimes, that is true that I do agree with that because it ends up being the people that you care about the most that, that hurt you the most. So, and they don't, I mean, honestly, they probably don't even realize it their own terms because like, they don't even know their own trauma. Well, I, 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 I won't even go that far. I'm like, I'll, I'll actually keep it in a point where like now everybody worried about you. Not everybody's just sad around you. Like, I didn't want my my but I didn't want my I, 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 I didn't want my dad, my mom, my brother to be worried about my mental health when I was in SIU when I was in Finley. Like, I'm good. I'm I'm good, guys. I'm I'm fine. Like everything's cool. And everything wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Like I was just not. I'm like, but when you have that kind of support system where they want the best for you and your mental health to be okay at all times. Back then, you really didn't know how to address that because you never had to deal with that before. Like when you're living at home in my house, everything 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 gets dealt with on the table. Like if if I'm not feeling great, we can talk about why and we can address it. But when you're on your own, you that stuff it builds up. I also feel like as as African Americans, I feel like we're a lot harder on ourselves. Because there's a, there's expectation of excellence that we have to do to prove to um, other people that we, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. But I I do feel as though we are really really hard on ourselves, and so we don't really pay attention much to our own mental health because we're focused on we have again, to be the, we the have big, to be the best, yeah. We have to be the best, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is really it is really lonely and it's tough to to even express to to people that you love. Hey, I'm not. I'm not here mentally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm upset. Like I, I'm not. I'm not happy right. where I am in life and stuff. And, and so, because you really, you don't want to disappoint anybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not. And I wasn't a crier. Like I always say, like when I get upset, I internally cry. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I internalize it. I'll t- I spend a lot of time to myself. And then I, once I think I'm all right, I'll just go out and, and go about my business like it never happened. But that stuff doesn't that that stuff doesn't get addressed. Like that's the point. That's the that's, that's the point that like a lot of people miss when they they choose to ignore signs of a failing mental health. Like I know for me, it took me a very long time to come to grips with the fact that you were not okay, and you need to address the things that are bothering you. And I know for me, I had a big struggle with that. As a college student, as an athlete, um, as a as a young adult, like mm-hmm. post college, I mean, job now, like I mean, there's times where my health, mental health has been tested. Um, I have a lot better. I have a lot better of a grasp of my health, mental health now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a little older, so I know what to how to feel. I know what to say. I know who to talk, who I can talk to if I want to. Um, talk about these things in the open but at the same time like you have to take time for yourself like that's one thing that a lot of people especially in the black community like you said we don't do because we're trying we're 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 raised to be you gotta be okay you're okay like everything everything's copacetic like you know they cannot see you like i you can't feelings you can't feelings is not something you can always see like when I internally cry, you, I might be smiling. I might be okay. Like I might be going through things. I might, but I also, you see me smile. I might have me having a mental breakdown in my mind. Absolutely. Like that, <laughs> the only place I cry is in my room and in my car. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you ain't ever gonna see me ever cry in front of nobody unless it's like I've hit that 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 real breaking point. 
And that's, and that's only until recently I've been doing that crying in front of people. But, but you said the breaking point. Like most people, they only see the the side of the mental health when it's the breaking point. Mm-hmm. But nobody, um, nobody can ever think of like or or, or look at like your development. Like mm-hmm. what, what, what? How does it get there? What are the triggers and stuff? Right, like mental health checks. Like I always like, um, like the like being like for instance, like of course. Growing up in a in a very close knit family, but being part of the um, a Greek letter organization now, like that's more than just a band of um, brothers and and sisters who are for the greater good of humanity. It's mm-hmm. a a real love for one another. Like my line brothers, my profites, um, my chapter brothers, other brothers across the country. Like there is a love there that like you can really lean on and like i know that's honestly some people say like some people also have the flip side when they join greek letter organizations like since being an alpha i think my my mental health has been better (laughs) because i know i have a lot of different backgrounds of my brothers who i can talk to about anything Mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about being judged i don't have to worry about being looked at as weird like when i brought about the the whole situation about being accused of being gay like i have plenty of of gay frat brothers so it's mm-hmm. like they 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 have that we have that side we have those who are married we have those who aren't married we have mm-hmm. those who are younger um and some that are in family relationships some that are in great relationships like everybody has a a different background of their lives which dictate how their mental lives uh, mental health goes um can you like say like since you've been since you've joined delta um, that your, you know, mental health is kind of like, as it has it, has it got better? Has it, you know, kind of been so so? Or is like, do you or can you like understand where I'm going? Where it's like, no, I do. Know. I'm probably answering because you, mm-hmm. I know you looking at my face right now. But um, definitely with the the outside outside of, outside of chapter meetings. So <laughs> the, the <laughs> bullshit that is chapter meetings and being beat. <laughs> Outside with the, the relationships that I've built, the connections that I've made with some of the, the sorors, um, there are definitely some great confidants. You know, um, my line sisters, we have like our little monthly Zoom meetings together and we'll be able to express how we feel, our thoughts and stuff, or even in our group chats and everything like that. Or even the, the, the line sisters that I'm really close to, you know, I, I, I know. Yeah, because you have more line sisters than I have line brothers. I should have. But, <laughs> but um, you know, it's never, I'm never afraid to text them like, hey, I'm upset, I'm pissed, or even I'm happy, I'm, I'm joyful, you uh-huh. know, yeah. it's like they, you, it's, it's raw McKinley right, right then and there. It's never, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel as though I need to hide who I am from anybody at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it, and it's been, it's been, a, it's been a blessing to be able to. Have that circle. Stop fucking in my chair, man. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah, no, it really has been like a truly a blessing to to have that close knit circle of people I can call my sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, to be there for me, to hold me down, to to hug me when I'm crying. You know, I can just you know drive to their house and just chop it up with them. Right. You know, and it it, it, it it has been great. I will say, mm-hmm. my that's so far on my Delta, my Delta. Your Delta journey. life. Like um, we're talking like we talk about what makes our mental health better. Like, what are like three things that like you can think of that that what? So, what are think? What are three things that you can think of that like can improve your mental health? And what are three things that like you constantly have to work on? Um, so three things that have definitely improved my health, mental health. I would say vocalizing my feelings more, just right then and there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I am introvert. I do internalize my emotions a lot. Um, honestly, letting go, mm-hmm. letting go, feeling free. You could ask my one of my line sisters. I'm probably the most unbothered person on the planet. Fair enough. <laughs> because now, I, when I tell you anything could get under my skin, now I just be laughing. Just like, listen, I got this one life to live. You know, Facts. it is what it is at this point. It probably got. You know, not probably. Definitely is number one is God, you know, being able to just pray about it. Mm-hmm. You know, my issues, my problems, just give it up to God because 
you know, I know it's just a there's a little bit of rain here in the past four weeks or five or so. And, you know, I it, it's just not living in a spirit of fear anymore. Right. Like, just being my true authentic self and just as healing as I can be, mm-hmm. I would say. And um, the three things that would be setting me back, it, I, I mean, it's still a challenge of me vocalizing, expressing myself mm-hmm. to some degree. It's uh, definitely comfortability with people. I do, I will say, um, I do have trust issues to some extent. That's cool. Yeah, but that, that's, I mean, everybody that's, does. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's an easy way to identify. It, uh, it does. It definitely takes me a little bit to like warm up to people yeah. when I first meet them. Um, and what else? And just, and also just, you know, setting, setting those boundaries, you know, setting the, and I, I do feel as though I do make myself available a lot for people. And just when I get to those points where I feel like either like I have a lack of I would say a lack of uh, control or you know I feel a little bit off you know taking that time to step back mm-hmm. for myself yeah. I'm working on it now so definitely creating those boundaries um so things that I know have improved my mental health is I'll use one of yours like letting go mm-hmm. of you know issues that have hurt me in the past I still, you know, deal with that, but like mm-hmm. understanding that like not every situation is going to be perfect, not every situation is going to be ideal. So you have to be okay with it. Right. Um I'm still dealing with that as a 27-year-old man. And mm-hmm. I know um another thing has been a comfortability of who I am as mm-hmm. a man. Like for a long time I was not comfortable with what like is it am I is it okay with being from the suburbs? As a black guy, do you have to be a certain way? Um, like, I have a lot of friends who are obviously from the suburbs, but I also have a lot of friends from the hood too. Same. So it's like, and they think I'm the suburbs, right? And, and and right, and growing up with a two parent household, growing up in a place where I didn't constantly have to worry about, you know, do I have a roof over my head? Are my parents gonna be able to come home at night? Like. Stuff like that. Like, I didn't have to worry about that. So that kind of created like a little bit of an identity thing for me. But growing more comfortable with who I am mm. as a person. Like, Definitely loving yourself. That's, yeah, my, that's that, my number four. Per- perfect, per- perfect thing. Just loving myself. Accepting who I am. Mm-hmm. Hey, definitely loving myself more is what helped. And just, you know, like, like, like I mean, of course, I mean, this is not a spiritual show. But it's like, I mean, I'm definitely... I'm a full believer of the Lord. Like, whatever, if I'll, I'm now at the point, like, all right, you know what? If it's meant to be, it's going to happen. If it's not meant to be, it doesn't happen. It is what it is. I can be upset about it. But, and even if it doesn't work my way, I can't be upset about it for too long because this is not what the, like, what, what God had intended for me. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like, I had to think that way about my relationships. I had to think that way about my job. I had to think that way about my career. Like, it just, you can't you can't dictate what the universe has already determined for you. So right. I had to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Things that still hold me back. Um, being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. still, exactly. I've gotten a lot better, um, but being in uncomfortable spaces still, you know, is a force of a. It's a wall there. Mm-hmm. Like I still like to be in comfortable situations at all times. Like I really don't, I don't, like I, as, cause you're, you're saying I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm, you know, everything's cool. Like, I'm, I, I, I love, I, I love people. I, I, but, you know, just being that kind of guy that, you know, I, I have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that holds me back sometimes in my mental health is, um, constantly the need to have to satisfy people mm-hmm. like something very small like my instagram posts mm-hmm. i'm very particular about when i post mm-hmm. and i'm very particular about how many likes it gets mm-hmm. like i care a lot about how many likes me my i get and how many likes like if i post a picture of talisha um i care about how many likes we get like, I care about that stuff. Like it's, you know, it seems silly, but that's a, an example of like little stuff like that will bother me. I'm, like mm-hmm. satisfaction of other people. Like sometimes it's like, you know what? Like, why do you care so much? And I think that's something that still 
drives me back in my um in my journey of my mental health because it's like you know and I I understand why people um don't um like where they take um social break social media breaks mm-hmm. uh, like I mean I I use social media as much as anybody so it's mm-hmm. like I'm definitely a a living breathing example of what can go wrong with social media but with that being said I mean it's just who I am mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that but the consequence that comes with it is that I do care about what people think of me mm-hmm. and just you know and I like I kind of I would say I used to think that and now like I said like I I know I'm a, I'm a, I, I was born by myself I'm gonna die by myself so mm-hmm. I've kind of like gotten used to not caring about what people think as much anymore so I said to some extent I do still care what people think obviously like people that I'm close to somebody would think if I do this well it shouldn't matter because that's mm-hmm. it's your life it's what you want to do and the the third thing I can think of is really I mean social media is such a big one I can say my social media but it's just like sometimes negativity creeps in mm-hmm. like maybe I'm just not that good like I'm not good enough to do this stuff like for instance like I've taken a big inventory of my leadership abilities um, as a professional, not a college student, like I can lead a team, but can I lead adults? Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to step up more at work, like leading initiatives, which is great for me. But it's at the same time, it scares the shit out of me because like I've never had to do that mm-hmm. before. Like leading a team, like I was a captain of a football team twice. I was a captain of the track team in high school three times. So it was, yeah, <laughs> I was I was captain. Um, I was captain of two indoor teams and I was captain my senior year in track. Well, technically junior year too. We didn't really have one. Oh yeah, we had him. I was, I was, Coach Shea would tell you like, you know, cause you know, you're the track captain. So, you know, I'm like, I'm the track captain. Like we have those, like I, there's no C on here, but it's cool though. Oh boy. <laughs> but like, it's, you know, like, but when you but when you lead in certain situations like that, mm-hmm. I mean I'm not, obviously I'm not I won't say expert but like I'm an expert. I'm a football like I'm a football player. I'm the best player on the team. Of course I can be a. Uh, you just give pep like, talks, my guy. I can I, I give pep talks like I give rah rah speech. I get excited like I can I can encourage people, but it's because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not, if I'm in a situation where I'm still figuring it out myself, mm-hmm. that's where it's not as fun anymore. Now it's now it's like oh my god can I really do this like for like for for example like I lead a I lead a national call with people that have been in Comcast long before me, but they look to me for answers and I have to give them. That scared the shit out of me when I first started. Like like oh my god like what if I can't do this like I'm gonna get fucking fired like getting like I mean you know. I've had a very interesting time in my professional career. So it was like, you know, I, I, I think it laterals my, um, it, it, it's, it's a perfect parallel to my football career. But at the same time, it's like, I look at myself now as like, I can definitely do these jobs, but mentally I gotta get, I gotta push myself to do that every day. Cause sometimes I'm just not, I don't feel I, I'm not there. Like I'm not motivated to do it because I don't sometimes feel like I feel like I can do it. Like, for instance, like there was one situation where it's like I, I actually an opportunity and it wasn't like, OK, can I do the job is then it's now um, can I do it well? Mm-hmm. Can I do it well enough to right. please other people? Can I do it so I don't get fired? Like mm-hmm. that's what comes into comes into play when I um, think about how that affects my mental health, because I'm con- like, again, constantly trying to impress people. But at the same time, like I'm trying to. I'm, I'm I'm trying to have a family soon. I'm trying to 
get some money. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to balance yeah, life. I'm trying to get my life together the way I wanted to be. Not, but Woo. that that matters. Like, and constantly the negativity keeps in. Like, all right, can I really do this job? Like, or is like, is it me they're hiring, or is it the thought of me that they're mm-hmm. hiring? Which I had to get past that. Where it's like, you know what? That's that imposter syndrome. I went right. with, I went, I really dealt with that earlier this year. Um, because I was kind of, I was more so actively seeking like a new job and stuff and like reading, just reading like the, the job application descriptions and stuff. It just, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I've only had this much experience. I've only been out of college for this long. I don't know if they would accept me, if they're going to hire me and stuff. And it was just a matter of let them tell you no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so hell bent on, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. And it's like I didn't even give my myself an opportunity right. to and, do anything. And when you have that negativity, when you apply for the for the position, then it's like, well, if you already if you already um, think that you're going to, you know, if you already think you're going to fail, um, it's it's going to happen. Right. Like because I'm pulling up like one of my favorite like lines is like, if you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you've lost, you've lost. Mm-hmm. Like one of the poems that we that we had to learn when I was going through the process of becoming an alpha. And it's like it's it's serious. Mm-hmm. Like if you think that way, you're it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had to, you know, address that port that portion of my mental health, but because I haven't learned how to um address it, it sometimes holds me back to and the opportunities that have now that I'm starting to take advantage of that I should have been taking advantage of when I was young in my career, especially at Comcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, ESPN, it was hard to do that because it's like, you know, you you take orders, you do what you do, and then you go on to the next project. Right. Where Comcast, they give you opportunities to be in these roles. You just got to take them. Right. And now that I'm really starting to open that door and take opportunities that if I want to make change in my, my career, I got to do it. I do it myself and that's something that I really had to learn at a I I wish I knew when I was younger Mm -hmm. but I mean we we, we wish we knew a lot of things when we were younger like I I really would I I, I could go if I could go back to high school I wish I did my homework more Mm -hmm. like I wish I did a lot of things I wish I trained this much harder maybe I would have went to bigger schools maybe I would have um, you know, but then I wouldn't be able to say what I do now. Like, I'm not like, you know, I, I can't look back with that kind of thought process. Like, oh, I wish I would have did this. Like, no, you well, you're here now. So now, so so what's up now? What do you do? But I mean, we we've, we've reached an hour. Like, we we we're gonna have other episodes about mental health. Um. But like, what's the biggest thing that you say you can learn most as you go forward um, when it comes to your mental health? Like something that you like every day you do that to kind of like help your mental health. It's um, I'm real close to the mic, <laughs> but um, it's it's one of those. It was like an Instagram meme. It's not even like just the, the boy type shit. Whatever oh the fuck it was. Sorry, I don't mean to curse. But it was. Oh my was, god! Like how many? Like, I'm just, I'm just gonna apologize anytime I curse because I'm really trying here. Shit, okay? I like that. But I like it that. was just you know self love is gonna save you every time. Mm-hmm. Self love, choose you in the end of the day. That's all I gotta say. Choose you. Mm-hmm. For me, love it, it, there you go. Love yourself first. But like for me, it's all right. Today's over. Tomorrow, be better than you were today. Oh, and there, there was this Ed Sheeran quote. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheeran, it was, okay. I know. <laughs> I don't listen to him, but it was this is a quote. It was, <laughs> I'll say, um, I don't either. <laughs> so I was like, oh, um, got something new today. What was it? Crap. It was... Uh, what was it? Hold tick on. Tock, tick tock, tick tock. The crickets going. It was something about being okay. I mean, it's probably it's probably along along the lines of it's okay not to be okay. No, 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 no. I used to say it all the time to my mom. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google. No, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. I like that. That's yeah. a bar. That, that was a little tough. You know what that's I'm a, saying? That's, 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 that's Ed Sheeran. I'm about to say, that's a bar. I'm a, I, we, can, we, we can end it right there. Like, that's that's like a great way to, like, segue into, like, this you know, going through the, the the next part of your life where it's like, if, it, if, if, it's, if you think it's bad now, it could be worse, get better tomorrow. Like, like one thing I, I know I always think about my mental health it's always going to be better tomorrow. Be better than you were today. That's all I can do. If I can focus on that every day, then I can never say that I failed. And that's that's kind of where I'll I'll hold it there. But for it might be a mic drop on that. But um, for everybody listening, we appreciate you listening to us. Um, always always the support. Um, as always, um, hit up our Twitter. Hit up our Instagram. Um, I'm good. Say, look up unfiltered smoke. Um, we have a lot of new episodes coming. Uh, we know we took a little break to um, get ourselves together. Um, been, we've all been busy, been traveling. So now that we're back in home base, we're going to give you a lot more episodes. We got a lot of fun ones coming up, especially um, we're, we're halfway to 10. Um, we just finished episode five. Stay tuned for what we have planned for the big 10. But um, I'm not, I'm not giving out any uh, special previews about that. But uh, until next time, say I'm Darius here with Mick. You know the Mac Daddy and shit. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> Kelly. Okay, Money Bag Mac. There's always a Killer new. There's, Kim, a, there's always a new. I feel Killy like I, I, I feel like every time we have a new episode, there's always a new Instagram name for you. So I'm just gonna let. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all find McKinley on Instagram, and you'll know. Uh, nah, don't find me. Leave me alone. Oh uh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah, no, they're gonna find you. No, they're not. Because uh, I'm gonna delete my shit. I'm gonna delete my shit. You gonna delete it? Don't do that. I will. I'm tired of it. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, boring. Come on. It's boring. I'm gonna lay on there for the grounding. All right, well, we got a lot of funny things with that. But until next time, we gonna catch y'all. Stay tuned to more cool episodes. We got a lot more. And of course, if you appreciated our our mental health discussion, go on our Instagram, go on our our um our show Instagram. Hit us up in the comments when we post it. Obviously, on yes, fr- on, on Mondays, uh, uh, we we post our episodes. So stay tuned um, for more episodes. And until then, see y'all later. We out. Bye.